0: What I I can say is that I know I want to help athletes. I know I want to play a role in the mental health of athletes. Mm -hmm. Whether it's working individually with athletes or doing workshops with teams or doing seminars or um, research, whatever it is, like I know I want to work to benefit athlete mental health.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: so I think my definition of success is going to surround that goal, no matter which way I go with it.
2: Hello, and welcome back to The Next Act. I'm your host, Keaton Hall. Today's episode is unofficially brought to you by the lakes of up north Michigan in the summer. If you never got to experience boating out on one of those amazing lakes in Michigan, you need to because it's one of the best times you can have in the summer. Joining me today is an incredibly talented and accomplished friend of mine. She began her skating career at four years old, won the 2011 U.S. Novice title, the 2012 Junior Grand Prix Final Silver Medal, is a nine-time national competitor and a seven-time international medalist, all while being Williamson High School's 2015 valedictorian. She's now a figure skating coach, just graduated from Michigan State University with her master's in kinesiology, and is headed to West Virginia University for her PhD in sport, exercise, and performance psychology. Ladies and gentlemen, the ever-impressive Hannah Miller. Hannah, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the pod today.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
2: Yes, this is, I know I've talked to a few people on the pod before, but Whenever I was in the kind of groundworks of this, kind of planning it and kind of thinking about guests, that would be a good fit for this. You were absolutely one of them that popped to mind. So I'm glad we can make it work so quickly.
0: I'm honored. Thank you.
2: All right. So this is a conversation I'm very excited to kind of get into. So I want to start kind of where you started. You obviously skated, started skating at four years old. Um, You had a pretty good influence in your father to kind of get you out on the ice. What about figure skating got you hooked and made you wanna go after that instead of gymnastics or a different sport?
0: Yeah, so when I started skating, you know, it's all kind of a blur because I was so young um, and I was put into gymnastics as well when I was really young, as well as dance. Um, And I think from when I was maybe like 10, I just knew figure skating was my sport. Um, There's kind of no doubt about it. Um, It's hard to say what it was at that age. Um, But I know growing up and being, you know, in my teen years, and I think I was around 13 when I decided that I wasn't going to do gymnastics anymore. Because doing both sports, like, they both require a large amount of hours to train every day. Mm -hmm. So I would go to the rink and train for two hours and then go to the gym and train for four more so it was just taking a toll on my body at that point. Absolutely. Um, so I was told, like, you're gonna have to pick one. Like, if you want to be great and you want your body to hold up, and like, it was an easy choice. And mm-hmm. it, I, I didn't, I didn't need to think about it. I was great at gymnastics. I love gymnastics, but I was also a little bit scared of gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a scary sport. Yeah. And figure skating can be too, but um, I think that I love just the feeling of being on the ice. Um figure skating gives you an opportunity to express artistically um as well as like show your personality um through your programs and then you know there's that other component of jumps and spins and stroking style and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think the combination of like athleticism and artistry um was a big draw for me. And then also like just my like family and figure skating. I was always coached by my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um until later years, I had some other coaches come in um, and then I had a strong like skating base um, at a lot of my friends in figure skating, um, including my cousin and my sisters, um, my aunt, my grandma figure skated. A lot of my family played hockey. So we were all on the ice. So I think that mm-hmm. did have an influence. But um, overall, it was just my love for the sport.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome to have such kind of a strong and rich family history to be able to just add to that legacy because like your dad was a an NHL player and an Olympic player and you have so many Mm -hmm. other people that are at such a high level on the ice so being able to kind of add your name to that family legacy is a very cool thing for sure absolutely so you obviously started very young as you kind of grew up and grew older did you feel like it was hard to separate your identity as Hannah from hand of the skater, or was it kind of was it easy to kind of turn off that kind of skater mode once you got off the ice?
0: I think that through different phases of my career, my identity was linked um, more or less to skating. So when I was in middle and high school, I had that separate community at school. So I was in public schools, right? Mm-hmm. So. I could totally separate school from skating. I mean, obviously everyone, all my friends at school know I knew I was a skater right. and I was often like the skater by, <laughs> you know, other people. But it was in in a way there, I had such a good community that I just felt so much love from outside of skating that it was really easy to, you know, separate my identity there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once I moved to California right after high school, so I was 18, Mm-hmm. and i moved to la by myself um i think that's when it got harder to separate my identity from skating yeah. and you know as a result i wasn't skating as well um mm-hmm. and i think it's because when i moved there i got so caught up in the idea that i am here to skate that is what i'm doing that is why i moved here um i was told that by my coaches there like i was basically told you live to skate um so I think when I moved there my identity turned into you are a skater rather than you're a friend like you are a um student all of those other things um but when I was growing up and living here it was very easy to separate and um you know I think that's why I was able to have success because I had a life outside of skating um that i could just you know kind of forget skating whether it's a good or a bad training day mm-hmm. i could go to school and have fun with my friends and enjoy learning and then go enjoy my family without you know putting so much pressure on myself to be that athlete
2: right. yeah that that is definitely makes sense and something that i and a lot of other athletes can attest to being able wanting to be able to separate those two things because sometimes like you said you can have a bad day or not as good of a day in your personal life but then you can use that ice skating as an escape or kind of vice versa it kind of leads really well into my next question kind of about balance so Katrin David is a two-time CrossFit Games winner and obviously it's different sport but same high level performance uh, that you kind of need she once quoted that one thing she was told is that champions don't have balance kind of in life. And do you agree with that statement in terms of in order to get to that level, you can't have balance. And if it is true, is it worth it in the end? For me,
0: it's hard for me to agree completely with that. I think in some ways there isn't balance um, just because like sports say, like takes so much time and training and effort Mm -hmm. that it can feel like your life revolves around the sport. So I think that's where that unbalance comes in where you're just like training so hard. Um but for me I kind of had to find balance to be successful. Mm -hmm. Because as a perfectionist, I am a self proclaimed (laughs) Perfection, yeah. <laughs> and I've been told that as well. Um, I'm very type A, uh, so as a perfectionist, I think that I would often put so much pressure on myself to be perfect mm-hmm. at every training session, and I would get really upset <laughs> when I wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, in some ways, it would ruin my day. Um, sometimes, if I didn't find balance, but if I was able to leave the rink separate myself from my training go enjoy being outside or being with friends or even studying Mm -hmm. um i could find that balance and kind of you know put that bad training day behind me and not dwell on it and go into training the next day with a new mindset Mm -hmm. um so for me i did have to find balance um but i think i think it's different for other athletes too i think it just depends on your personality and um otherwise
2: Mm -hmm. yeah no i definitely agree with that and i think because balance is definitely something that's been talked about kind of a lot since we were growing up um, especially like the 2010s that was kind of a topic of hot discussion in terms at least what i was hearing and i think one thing that is kind of missed in that discussion is that balance can look different for individual athletes. So for example, in your case, you'd be at the rink way more uh, percentage-wise than you would be at other places. So it doesn't technically look like even 50-50 balance, but I think one thing that you were able to figure out was the balance that you needed to get to that point where you felt fulfilled and separate and kind of recharged outside of skating. And I think that's a key distinction that's kind of missed by a lot of people when in that balanced discussion. So I think that's a great point you bring up for sure. Yeah. So you obviously have had a spectacular skating career. What (laughs) is what's a favorite memory you have from your career?
0: Oh, that's hard.
2: I know there's probably a lot of them that you could bring up. <laughs>
0: there is a lot. Um, you know, there's a couple that come to mind. One is my last uh, competition of my career. Yeah. So going into it, I didn't know it was my last. Okay. It definitely, but I, I had an idea. Um, right. It was actually in Detroit. So close to home for me, it was our US championships, um, which occur once a year in January. So um, <clears throat> in 2019, it was in Detroit and I did not skate my best, not even close. Um, I actually finished on the lower half of the skaters. Mm. Um, and But I did skate well and I had so much fun because so many people were able to come support me a lot of my friends from home my entire family so many people from my rank that had that had not been able to see me perform on a like grand stage like that um awesome. it was at the little caesars arena so um i had never had the opportunity to feel that type of support and that love um oh, yeah. of course i did like virtually i knew everyone was behind me and watching me but right. to have them all there was so special Um, and just made me feel like so fulfilled and so happy with, Mm -hmm. you know, my career. Um, and it was after that, that, you know, when I got home from that competition and did some, um, thinking that I decided that I needed to take a break. I actually (laughs) stepped back from competing saying, I'm going to take a break. And then that went down another road. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's one of my favorite memories. My two others, um, are probably when I won, uh, the novice ladies, title at US Championships, um, I had a really disappointing short program there, so we have a long and a short program, short is done first, okay. um, and it has less elements, so, um, but it's really important to skate well so that you're placed well enough that you can compete your long and you'll keep that standing,
1: mm-hmm. Okay. so
0: I didn't skate well in my short, and I was third, and going in, I was kind of the favorite to win, so... I was devastated looking back on my 14 like, year old me. Like I was like freaking out, like uh-huh. I was crying and I was, you know, I was just devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able, you know, with the help of my coach to get my mindset in the right place, uh, for the long program. And I actually didn't have as much technical elements as the other skaters. I wasn't doing as, you know, um, difficult jumps, um, that receive higher amounts of points. Um, But like my artistry and my spins and my jump quality made up for that. So I ended up winning. Um, And that was like a starting point for my career, I think. From there, like I started to build confidence and gain momentum and go to international competitions and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was such a great experience. And then the following year, well, two years after, um, I placed second at the Junior Grand Prix Final Um, And that was held in Sochi, Russia. Mm. And I actually had the opportunity to compete in the Olympic Stadium there.
1: Oh, that's so awesome. So it was prior
0: to the 2014 Olympics. Um, And I was not a favorite to medal. Like I said, I was was someone along my career that kind of lacked in the technical elements. Not by a lot, but it was just little things. Like people were doing triple-triple jumps at this competition. Mm. And I was only doing triple-doubles. I couldn't quite get that triple-triple done. Got it. Um, so I was not a favorite and I was actually skating terribly going into this competition. Like my coach and I were like freaking out because I was skating the worst I had probably in two years leading up to this competition, just terrible. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I ended up going and skating like two great programs and ended up second somehow. Um, so that was such a cool experience. And when you're at the final, you compete There's uh, you have to qualify. So you compete against only five other people. So six people qualify, um, and you qualify from your placements during the season on the Junior Grand Prix circuit. So I had placed second at two competitions and qualified and then made it there. And then also when you are at the final, um, the senior competitors are competing as well following all the junior competitions. So that was just so exciting to see, like, some of my idols compete live, like at this huge event. Like, it was just such a cool experience that I'll never forget. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I guess I went into three memories, but (laughs) (laughs) those are some of my favorites.
2: No, that's great. I mean, because figure skating is not something you really hear or see about unless it's on an Olympic stage every four years. So being able to see kind of the insight of someone who actually did compete at those high level competitions that were kind of on a more consistent basis, that's it's such a cool thing that's not really talked about a lot so but i do want to touch on your the first favorite memory you experienced because i think that's something that a lot of people can relate to in terms of you know that the support's there for your career you know that it's been there the whole time but being able to actually see those people in that arena that's actually home like i bet that would that was such a special moment and i wasn't even there but like just the build up and knowing like with my last game and my family was there and a lot of former teammates came there and it was just, it was, it was a very special moment. I think, I mean, I don't blame you at all for having that be your, your one of your favorites for sure.
0: Yeah, it was so, it was so great. I remember like coming up like to like the stands after and like, I like was just huddled by like 50 people with signs and, you know, mm-hmm. excitement and yeah. all that. And it was just like so touching and like felt so like loving and good to have that support. Like I'm just so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't have, you know, I couldn't have done anything in my career without that support. Yeah. It made a huge difference. And, you know, having that root community and my family and my friends and support just, you know, it made it all possible.
2: Yeah. No, that's so awesome. So kind of the last question on your first act what's something that you miss about being an athlete and then what's something you're glad you don't have to deal with anymore
0: there are so many things I miss (laughs) um I think about it a lot sometimes I'm like I'm gonna start skating again Mm -hmm. like why can't I you know like and I do skate sometimes I'll I skate like maybe once or twice a month um I try to get back into the rink but Uh, there's part of me that gets really frustrated doing Mm -hmm. that because I can't do what I used to do. And some days I actually can, which is like crazy. Like sometimes I can throw triples, Mm -hmm. but on other days I'm like, I'm off today. Can't do. Um, But there's so much I miss. I mean, I think one thing is really just having that training schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, There was part of me that loved just going into the rink every day and training really hard. Um, So I miss that a lot just like that rush and that thrill and that adrenaline of just like pushing your body to its limits, mm-hmm. um, which I'm actually kind of getting into right now with uh, training for a marathon. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> I haven't trained for anything. So now I'm like, okay, this is what it feels like and you miss this, uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> um, so I, I miss that. I miss competing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of skaters will say that competition is like their favorite part of skating Mm -hmm. and it definitely was one of my favorite parts for sure because there's something really special about being the only person on the ice Mm -hmm. and having all eyes on you um with it comes a lot of pressure so if you have a disappointing performance it can be very uh demotivating and you know bring your self-confidence down a lot But there's also something really special about having, you know, a performance that you've been training so hard for, for months and months and months. Like Mm -hmm. when we skate, we get seven minutes on the ice. Our short program is around three, our long program is around four. So we get seven minutes to put down what we've been training. Mm -hmm. So it is a high amount of pressure, but with that, like it feels really good. Like mm-hmm. there's like an adrenaline rush and like a special feeling that comes with it. And I miss that so much. Like, For sure. I don't know if I could do it. Like looking back on, you know, the big competitions I did when there was like thousands and thousands of people in the stands. I'm like, mm-hmm. how did I do that? Like, how did <laughs> I deal with that pressure? Like, was that even me? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it taught me a lot as well. So I miss that a lot. I miss um, the skating community. Like when I was traveling from competition to competition, I made a lot of really good friends. Um, mm-hmm. I stay close to a lot of people now, but I definitely don't see them. Um, cause I'm just not traveling as much anymore. Right. Um, so those are like three of the big things. Um, one thing I don't have to deal with, you know, figure skating is really mentally draining. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can, yeah, not I can so much that. if you're skating great. I mean, it can be if you're skating great because then you put pressure on yourself to compete great. But if you're not training well, it can be really draining. And I think, especially for me and other skaters that are perfectionists, which I think is most of the skating population, just because mm-hmm. that's how we are kind of the to nature be. of the sport. Yeah, when you're not training well, you can get really down on yourself. And, uh, you know, I struggled a lot with later in my career, um, with some, I didn't have any confidence in myself. Mm. Um, and I don't think it stemmed as much from me, <laughs> but maybe a coaching situation I had in California. Mm. Um, so I lost a lot of self-confidence. Um, I wasn't confident in my body. Um, and I just... It's, it was just hard. You know, if you don't feel confident in yourself or confident in your body to do the things that it needs to do, how, do you, how can you expect to train well? Exactly. So, with that, like, I really struggled psychologically for the, pa- the latter three years of my career um, with, you know, body image issues, um, no confidence, mm-hmm. um, I had a lot of anxiety. Which was really weird because early, like early in my career, I did like, I did have a little anxiety surrounding the sport, but it got to a point where like, I couldn't even you know deal with the amount of anxiety that I was having surrounding competing. Right. So I think those things that came with the training and with the coaching situation I had, um, are things that I'm so happy I don't have to deal with anymore, and that I have worked through yeah um, with a sports psychologist and with a therapist, you know to get better um to feel better about myself and all of that um uh-huh. so in like retrospectively, if I was in a place I am now with my mentality, I think I would have been a lot happier skating yeah um so in that and that's hard to say, it's like a regret right, and I try not to regret my career, but you know that's just it's honest,
2: yeah, no, I definitely appreciate you sharing that because it's definitely something that's not necessarily talked about as much in kind of like the sports community because as we were growing up it was always if you're not performing do whatever you have to do to perform and push whatever mental thing aside but I think the recent like five years or so that mental aspect is getting shared more and a lot of people are relating to it a lot more because there's so much that goes on that a fan obviously my experience at the division three level and the experience at like a champion national and international championship level or a d1 level is a little bit different but like from a fan perspective you see the team that you're living and dying for huge fan of and if players aren't performing that's their fault and they need to do whatever they need to do to get better so you can enjoy them winning but the flip side of that that is so valuable to talk about from an athlete perspective are those issues in terms of struggling with not thinking you have imposter syndrome or the anxiety of coming up to a competition where like you said that pressure is earned and is a privilege because you get to go show what you've been working on for so long but at the same time if you don't perform then there's just a massive crash that can be very detrimental to your mentality because that was one of the things that at the end of my career i had set out so many goals to accomplish and at the end of it i didn't and i never felt like that finality of not being able to go accomplish that so that i just want to thank you for kind of touching on that because that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot but i know a lot of people will be able to relate to for sure
0: yeah absolutely it's a huge part of sport you know mm-hmm. the psyche behind athletes um And I think from my experiences, that's um, what stemmed my interest in sports psychology and why I'm pursuing a career in sports psychology, because I'm so interested in that, you know, helping athletes who went through situations that were similar to mine or, you know, any athlete who is um, dealing with anything or needs like help with performance enhancement or that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just becoming more and more known about how important it is nowadays whereas For in the sure. past it hasn't been paid attention to as much
2: Hmm. yeah absolutely so that's a great way to kind of segue from your first act now that we've kind of laid the foundation there into the kind of transition period between the end of your first act and your next act So in the time after you retired, obviously you talked about missing that schedule and that structure. And for me, I missed that as well. I think it was because you had a set goal that you knew what you needed to do on a daily basis and it just made everything really easy to go focus and just kind of get in that tunnel vision of grinding to get to where you needed to go. So without that, kind of without having to schedule and structure around being a skater, what were kind of the best and most difficult things to handle from that?
0: Um, you know, I had a lot more free time. Um, <laughs> so yep. that was nice, <laughs> uh-huh. um, but it was it's kind of a blur, to be honest. Um, you know, looking back now, it was more than three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was dealing with a lot psychologically, to be honest. And I, I can be very open about this stuff now, because I've dealt with it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with a psychologist. I've worked with a sports psychologist. So like, I'm very aware of my growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason, the reason I ended up stepping back from the sport, like I said, I just kind of said I'm taking a break, is because I was not in a good place mm-hmm. psychologically. Um, I was not happy. I was not enjoying skating. Um, I, you know, had some eating disorder issues to be honest. And, uh, it, I just wasn't in a good place. And so for me, I decided that I needed to step back from the sport to better myself as a human, as mm-hmm. a whole.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was so hard. I remember approaching my coach um and having this conversation with her and i could tell she was like you know not disappointed but like just kind of shocked because she knew what i was capable of yeah and she wanted me to be the greatest i could be Mm -hmm. but it really came down to me making that decision for myself that i needed to better myself outside of the sport And like we discussed earlier, find my identity outside of skating. Mm -hmm. My identity was fully wrapped into skating at that point. You know, I couldn't function really without thinking about skating or dwelling on, you know, what was going on in my head about the anxiety or depression or eating disorder stuff. So I really just, you know, made that decision and kind of stuck to it. And I was like, I Mm -hmm. just need to get better. So during my time following when I stopped skating. I was working heavily with a therapist. Um, I was still skating a little bit. I tried to just, you know, keep on the ice because there's no way I could just completely step back.
1: Um,
0: but it was really, really hard. Um, there was a part of me that was like, you're not done. You have so much more to do. Um, like you need to get your head on right and then go back and train harder than you ever have before. Like that was my mentality part Mm -hmm. of the time. Yeah. And then the other half of the time, I was like, look, you can go, like, do all these other awesome things. Like, yeah. you love school. Mm-hmm. You want to be a sports psychologist. You yep. can finish up your undergrad and, you know, do a master's and do a PhD mm-hmm. and enjoy your friends and family and, you know, pick up other hobbies. So I really did try to put myself in that headspace as much as I could. Yeah. Um, you know, I rolled, enrolled in more credits for school. I decided, you know, I want to finish my undergrad next year. Um, so I started getting to work on that. I did summer courses. Uh, I tried to pick up some other hobbies. I was doing like yoga and running and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was really hard. But I think with, you know, a lot of internal reflection and work on myself, that I learned how to place my identity outside of skating and focus on who I am as a student
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, just as a person and yeah. not the skater.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it was really hard. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why it was a blur because I was working so hard, like psychologically, to get to that place mm-hmm. that like, it just time flew by. Um, and there was just a big adjustment period. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely hard. You know, uh, I think a lot of athletes deal with that. Like we were discussing before, when you quit your sport, it can feel like you're lost. And mm-hmm. I definitely felt like I was lost for yeah. a period of time. Mm-hmm. But I found ways to shift my energy and my focus and my drive that I always put towards skating to other things. Like yeah. I was like, I want to finish, you know, college with a three, nine or higher, you mm-hmm. know, like setting goals outside of sport, Yeah. you know, like, or like, even like I set goals, like, hey, I still want to skate at least once a week, you know, like mm-hmm. just trying to shift your focus on the other things outside of that, you know, very strict training regimen yeah. um, and stuff like that. So I think it was like a process of kind of like, Uncovering a new identity for myself Mm. that I always knew I had in there. I always have been a student Yeah, but I think it took a while for me to like really come to terms with that and come to Mm -hmm. terms with not being the skater anymore
2: Yeah Yeah, absolutely. I mean inherently with any sport as you Are on a path to pursue greatness? There's things that are going to come up adversity is going to hit things are going to suck but I want to commend you for taking kind of a step back and realizing at what point is this becoming more harmful than good. And I'm a huge believer in doing things in the present to set yourself up in the future, both near and distant. And I think that point was huge for you because like you said, skating, it was go, go, go. But then mentally Hannah, outside of that, If you would have continued to stay in that headspace that was negative and not taking the time to work on yourself, I feel like you did the right thing by setting yourself up for life after skating by doing that. And like you said, there's so many amazing and beautiful things outside of your first act that you don't necessarily realize or aren't aware of because you're so tunnel focused and Tunnel visioned into this one thing, which is great. That's something that makes an af- being an athlete so awesome, but I think it's really cool how you are able to use your skills and mindset that you developed over all those years and then place it into Hannah outside of skating I think that's just gonna serve you really well In this next act as you kind of continue to go into um, and it was that was just really cool to hear So thank you for saying that.
0: Yeah, thank you. And one thing I forgot to mention is that um, Also when I stopped skating I picked up coaching so I was Mm -hmm. coaching a little bit before I stopped but when I finished I kind of Pursued a role as like not a full-time coach, but part-time while I finished up school Mm -hmm. and coaching has been the most fulfilling experience you know, awesome. I've had about six students of my own the past couple of years and I've watched them grow from barely being able to, you know, skate on the ice to, you know, winning competitions. Uh-huh. And it's been so special. Um, and it's also allowed me to stay involved with the sport and be at the rink and be involved mm-hmm. with this community that I have absolutely loved my whole life. Yeah. Um, and I've also done some choreography. So like creating programs for skaters at our rink. Mm -hmm. So that's allowed me to stay in touch with, you know, my artistic side of skating. Um, I always loved choreography. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to kind of transfer to creating for other skaters has been really special and very, very fulfilling. Um, So I think in that way, I also shifted my identity, you know, from being the skater to the coach and focusing Mm -hmm. on how I can, you know, help these athletes get to a place where they're feeling good about their skating but they're also very healthy psychologically and that's like one thing that i try to focus on because i know how hard skating is as a sport both Mm -hmm. physically and psychologically so i try to focus on both aspects um as kind of my coaching philosophy
2: definitely well that kind of leads into the last question i have about this transition period would you say that was a characteristic or piece of your kind of character that you developed in your first act of being a skater that you're trying to carry over into your next act as a coach and a PhD student now.
0: Uh, the characteristic of like or
2: sorry, I should say, what is what is a characteristic that you're okay. that you want to carry over into your next act like that?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I think just. <laughs> Diligence. Uh, I've always had, you know, a good work ethic. I think, mm-hmm. um, and you know, stay diligent, um, working towards my goals. Definitely. So that's something I learned really early in life. I mean, when I was in high school, I skated before school. I went to school. I skated after school. I did homework. Mm-hmm. I went to the gym. I went to sleep. <laughs> that was my schedule every day. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to manage my time. Um, work hard stay diligent all of those things so carry that forward absolutely um, another thing I think is just like prioritizing like finding the joy and mm. finding the love not even finding but like keeping the love because I love school I love what I'm pursuing um, yeah. I love coaching um, so just maintaining that love like I definitely in my last couple years of skating I lost my love for the sport I did not mm. I did not like going to the rink. I did not like training. I did it because I was like set on it. You're committed like, to it, yeah. I, I, yeah, like do I have a choice? I did have a choice, but in my mind it was like, no, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta get it done. Um, so I think it would have been a lot different experience if I maintained my love for the sport. And I, I think it was a bit out of my control with the situation that I was put in, mm-hmm. but Growing older and maturing, I think now I have more control of what situations I put myself in and making sure that I stay on that track of loving what I'm doing
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, and finding the joy in it. And also, you know, keeping that separate identity outside. Like I'd say my main goal right now is to be a sports psychology professional. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm going into my PhD. So that's like my big goal. But that's not like a straight path like the only light at the end of the tunnel that's not the only thing like there's mm-hmm. so many other things outside of that that i try to pay attention to and to love and to embrace yeah. that just makes me a happier human i think
2: mm-hmm. yeah that's big time yeah i that i love that <laughs> that's so great Okay, so talked about first act, talked about transition afterward. It's been great conversation so far. Kind of going into your next act, you have a master's degree in kinesiology and have really good experience with training and choreographing for skaters. And you're also going into the sports psychology of things. Do you think you found your calling or purpose per se?
0: I think so. Um, I think I try not to be like one like I'd say like have my mind set on this one thing and this is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because the thing about sports psychology is that it's kind of a budding field Yeah. and there's so many different routes you can go with it Mm -hmm. so you can work in a university setting and do research and be a professor or you can work in like a private practice working with athletes or you can work be hired as a sports psychologist for a team,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or like there's so many options. The field is very, very broad and it's growing and it's developing. Yeah. So I think that I do wanna work with athletes on performance enhancement and like mental health, mm-hmm. but I don't know where I'm gonna go with that. Um, I never thought of myself as a researcher, um, but as part of my master's degree, I had to do my own research and i kind of found that i really like it um it's really rewarding and it's really interesting because when Mm -hmm. you're doing research you're studying things that haven't been looked at before yeah so for my research i looked at how social media plays a role in the psyche of figure skaters
1: Hmm. and it was
0: so interesting i like just finished it and you know that kind of opened my mind to You know, maybe being a researcher throughout my career Um, during my PhD, I will absolutely be doing research. That's Mm -hmm. just part of a PhD,
1: Um,
0: and I really want to look at body image and issues surrounding that in my research, Mm -hmm. and maybe staying on social media research. But I'm not really sure. Um, but you know, I think this field is what I think I'm meant to do. I think that my struggles psychologically as an athlete are what have made my passion in this field so strong because Mm -hmm. I want to help athletes, you know, whether it be not go through those struggles, like help them prior Mm -hmm. or when they're dealing with those types of things, how can I, you know, work with them to heal. Um, And then with coaching and choreographing, I think during my PhD, I'm not going to have time to coach, unfortunately. Mm. but i would love to stay involved with um doing choreography for skaters um because i really do love that and choreography is more of a thing where like you can get hired for you know a program and mm. then you do it and then it's done like it's not something you have to like commit to for a period of time and i think you know that's going to that's going to be something i will be able to balance with doing a phd but coaching unfortunately not My kids are freaking out here All my students. are like, you can't leave us. Um, And it's really sad. It is very, very sad to leave them. But, um, you know, I think that this PhD program is going to be amazing. Uh, It Mm -hmm. is four years. So I'm kind of like, what have I gotten myself into sometimes? (laughs) And it's going to be a lot of hard work. But Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be worth it. I really do enjoy school, not all the time, but, uh, (laughs) I have always enjoyed learning. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I'm just like headed in that direction full force and, you know, I'll see where it takes me. I, I don't know where I'll end up being in four years at all. Um, I'd love to work with us figure skating. I'd love to work, um, as a sports psychologist for a team. I am really open to all the options the field has to offer. So Mm -hmm. we'll see.
2: Yeah, I think that your mindset of kind of adaptability and wanting to learn this kind of as a foundation so you can go wherever the best opportunity leads is a way better approach to it than, okay, I want this position with this organization at this time. Because that sometimes isn't exactly all that you thought it was going to be. And a lot of times you learn that through experience. Um, But that is such a big thing that i think the social media impact on skaters and other athletes that i think is going to be a huge development kind of that you're getting into because obviously all the social media and the new like ways of communicating and staying in touch with each other there's a lot of good that comes with that but there's also a lot of detrimental things that come with that and it's such a young Kind of field of study because we simply haven't yeah. had it for so long. So yeah. I think a lot of the things that we go through as athletes mentally is and like as a performance thing hasn't changed necessarily as much throughout the years, but all of this new external outside influences, impacts is absolutely new and it's still so young. I think you're going to be able to do a lot of good being able to go research things like that that haven't been researched and be able to help all those athletes coming up that were in your position and i think that's just going to have such a huge impact so i'm i'm very excited to see where you go with that because it's it's a it's a field that's it's very important and it's becoming more important as it should
0: yeah absolutely i'm really excited to see where everything goes Mm
2: -hmm. with that yeah definitely so we were only classmates for two years after i got to williamson for junior and senior but you were one of the hardest workers that I knew, being able to handle an Olympic level training, as well as maintain a 4.0 GPA. How has the definition of hard work and discipline kind of changed for you from that? Because you knew what it was, you, you literally scheduled your life around it and you knew what to do every single day. But one of the hardest things that I've found, because I tried to make hard work part of my identity as well in the first act, but sometimes it's not as easy to define what that looks like in your next act. So how would you say that definition has kind of changed as you go into uh, your next act as a professional and a PhD student?
0: You know, it's hard to say. Um, I think that when I was was an athlete, hard work, it was easy to define. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like you go to the rink, you train. Yep. and you work hard you mm-hmm. know like yep. it, it's it, and then you go to the gym and you train more and then you go to the studio and you train mm-hmm. more so yep. it's like it's it's easy to define um but i also think i learned through skating and through doing school at the same time that you you can work hard but there's a difference between working hard and working hard and smart
1: So Mm -hmm.
0: if you're training but you're overtraining and you're overexerting yourself, you're gonna burn out, right? Mm -hmm. You're not gonna benefit from that. And I think that that's the thing about finding balance too. So I think I've learned along the way that I absolutely value hard work. And Mm -hmm. to be successful in my career as a sports psychologist, it's going to take a lot of hard work, but I've also learned that, like, I can't do it in ways that aren't going to maximally benefit me. So, trying to, like, cram for an exam or, mm-hmm. like, push things off until the last minute, right. or, you know, <laughs> studying super hard seven days in a row. It's mm-hmm. like you need breaks or you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. And as much as I sometimes feel that, time constraint or that pressure to study 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 or get things done it's like you have to give yourself time to just relax you mm-hmm. know yeah. so i've learned kind of like i value hard work absolutely mm-hmm. but i've kind of set aside one day a week for myself to just step back from school and just give myself a break mm-hmm. um and i think that that's hard to do as you know, a prior athlete or someone who wants to be successful and has that, you know, drive.
1: Right. But
0: there is a balance there that you have to find so that you don't burn out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think my definition has changed much, but I definitely think that I've matured and I've learned, you know, how to read my, you know, my mentality and my body and tell, you know, how I'm feeling and how much I should push myself to maximally benefit myself without overexerting. Mm
1: -hmm. So I think
0: that's like a maturation process that everyone kind of goes through um, as they get older, you know, just kind of learning yourself. Everyone everyone works hard in different ways. You just have to find what works best for you personally. And that Mm -hmm. might be different than anyone else. But if it works for you, then... I'd I say go for it. it I works. mean <laughs> It works
2: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think the part of that maturing process is realizing that now We don't have Shorter seasons that we can kind of push to and cuz I think that was one of the things that helped me Avoid burnout was the fact that okay. I knew okay. We have this season We're gonna do all this work to get to this point and then after that was over it was kind of the same thing same thing, but now there's no end season there's no end game for us after that first act and like you said mm-hmm. obviously there's school years and there's there's many kind of checkpoints along the way but if we go if you go 100 miles an hour 365 days for the rest of your life there's no way that's sustainable i mean that's why that's why race cars have pit stops so they can take breaks to maintain themselves while they're going over the entire long game so i think that Maturation process like you said is a huge piece of moving on to your next act and kind of just realizing hey It's gonna change. It's I can't go all out for this long and I have to take more breaks to make it sustainable So I think that's a great distinction you make for sure So Now I think it's safe to say kind of going along with that that everyone wants to be successful in their lives I mean, if you ask anybody, do you want to be successful? I don't think they're going to say no, but like you said, it changes from, we knew what it was as a skater, but what does that look like now? What do you, what are you going to be doing on a daily basis that makes you feel successful in your career as you go forward?
0: Yeah, well, I think, you know, during my PhD, I'm probably going to set a goal for myself to maintain a GPA that's at least a three nine or higher. Mm Um, so, you know, defining success by, like, these goals, so that's, like, that's an easy goal to set, right? It's right. a it's a GPA, it's a number. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, for me, it's, like, putting 100% of my effort into these things that I want to be successful in. So mm-hmm. it's, like, not kind of doing it halfway, or Mm -hmm. like, you know, just getting by. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, it can be easy to do when you're not passionate about something, right? Like in undergrad, you take classes that you're like, why am I taking a like philosophy class right now? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're not into philosophy, for sure. And it's like, okay, I'll just like get by. But it's like, for me, it's like, i I'm going to love each and everything I'm doing during this PhD. And I want to really give everything all my effort um, moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of, you know, how I'm going to define success in the PhD. Um, after that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's coming. Yeah. Um, but what I what I can say is that I know I want to help athletes. I know I want to play a role in the mental health of athletes. Mm -hmm. Whether it's working individually with athletes or doing workshops with teams or doing seminars or um, research, whatever it is, like I know I want to work to benefit athlete mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I think my definition of success is going to surround that goal no matter which way I go with it. Um, And then, I mean, outside of that, like, I I like staying healthy. I like working out. Um, Mm. So that makes me feel successful in life, I guess. (laughs) Uh, And then, I mean, just like enjoying life, I think is just very important. And I think that when you do enjoy life, you feel more fulfilled and more successful Mm -hmm. with what you are doing when you're enjoying it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hope that,
0: that answered your question. I feel like I kind of went absolutely.
2: No, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and that's 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 one of the reasons why I asked the questions because there's not really an objective universal definition for success Like you have yeah. to be conscious about what that looks like for you and it's going to be different at different stages in life so like you said after school you know what's going to be but you have an idea of the impact that you want to make on these athletes and you know you want to be able to maintain your happiness and your fulfillment levels so i think just the more that we're conscious of that and i've found the more i'm conscious of that the more you can avoid just kind of floating and drifting through days and be able to take action and daily steps to make sure that you are being successful because you can't yeah. one of my favorite kind of analogies was You can't hit a target that you can't see, but you definitely can't hit a target that you don't have. So just being able to not only have that target, but be able to see it and be aware of it just leads to that fulfillment so much more. Yeah, for sure.
0: Agreed. (laughs)
2: So as we kind of transition to the outro, just want to say this has been fantastic conversation. Absolutely loved it. I knew I was going to, but it's (laughs) always fun to actually go and do the thing. But. What's something that you're looking forward to as you continue toward your success and continue to move forward into your next act?
0: Oh, that's hard. I feel like there's so many things. No, um, a lot. <laughs> there's, yeah. I mean, there's not like one specific thing. Like right now, I'm just looking forward to starting this new journey like Mm -hmm. i am moving to west virginia whoever thought i would move to west (laughs) virginia i know i didn't right um so i'm just looking forward to starting that and you know i have a great advisor i have a great um program that i'm going into the students are uh i think they really value community um Mm -hmm. because i've just heard from so many of them um just reaching out and you know asking if i need help or how they can assist me um and then two of the girls that I'm going into the program with were already really good friends. Okay. So, like, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I mean, and then just, like, you know, learning a lot during this, mm-hmm. my doctorate. I think I'm going to learn so much. Yeah. Um, and that's just really exciting for me. And I think that with learning a lot, I might stumble across things that, I'm very passionate about, whether it be mm-hmm. different types of, you know, therapies, um, like cognitive behavioral therapy, like that's kind of sparked my interest, but I've never really gotten like into the, you know, weeds of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like things like that, that like come along my path or like, um, EMDR, it's like, a eye movement therapy. Like there's yeah. so many things that like I've thought about and I've been like, Ooh, like, that's exciting to me, but I haven't really gotten to explore. I think like in this next four years, I'm going to have a chance to like kind of like broaden my horizons and see like what really like I want to, you know, tune in on and like Mm -hmm. really pursue and what really like sparks my interest. And that goes for research too. Um, I look forward to like making an impact with my research, like having some, of um my studies published in like major journals like that's Mm -hmm. a big goal of mine too is to publish my research um so i mean there's all of that and then you know just outside of that whatever i end up doing with my career um you know it's it's exciting to think about but it's also like it is daunting it's not yeah. just like oh like i have this career set out for me like here we go we're going to go do this it's like mm-hmm. okay well i am in this phd program excellent i don't know what i'm going to do after it right so that's a little daunting but i know that if i work hard and i stay passionate and i learn a lot that i can be successful if i continue that after mm-hmm. so i think that kind of sums it up
2: yeah, bit? for sure <laughs> absolutely no there's that's the beautiful thing about being able to go out and take action and put yourself in these positions is that you have no idea what doors are gonna open what new interests are gonna unfold before you just by simply showing up and putting in the work and discovering all these new things and learning all these new things like there's so many things that you can learn and your life can can look completely different because of one class you take or one thing you read and it right. just sparks a whole new interest So i think that's that's a very exciting thing but also a very daunting thing like you said have you read have you read the book or heard of the book uh grit by angela duckworth
0: i i've heard of it i haven't read it i should
2: read it as you i mean as you've been talking about the passion and interest side of things it's almost exactly what she talks about in there so it was very cool um it was a good read definitely recommend it but it's kind of exactly that kind of mindset of long-term sustained passion and success but anyway so before we get to the last two questions just want to take some time to acknowledge you first for the relationship and friendship that we've had when I transferred to Williamson my junior year in all honesty I didn't know that you skated at all (laughs) and so when we first met when someone in your position it's so easy to not be humble and to be kind of arrogant because of all the accomplishments that you've gotten to. But ever since I met you, you're always the nicest person, just so friendly, and you definitely made it feel welcome. And I was always so happy to kind of run into you and talk and whatever uh, else we would see each other at. So I just want to acknowledge you for that, but also for the amazing career that you had and all the things you're able to accomplish and all the kind of hard decisions that were hard to make in the time, but I definitely feel like they've paid off in the end. So just definitely want to recognize you and acknowledge you for that.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. And that, I mean, it was the same for you. You were always such a good friend and so friendly and easy to talk to and fun to be around. So yeah, great, great high school memories for that. And, you know, our sustained friendship through all this too.
2: Absolutely. No, definitely appreciate that. Yeah, So are you. there any, I know that you are going to run a marathon, just yeah. casually, no big deal, <laughs> a marathon next week. Is yeah. there any, I know there's a cause that you're pretty um, attached to with that. Is there any, yeah. do you want to plug that real quick?
0: Sure. It's um, Eve, it's called, it's based out of Lansing. It's End Violent Encounters. And uh, they support victims of um, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, sexual assault, elder abuse, um, all those types of things, you know, any forms of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, very near and dear to my heart. And we wanted to find a local organization to raise money for. Um, so that's kind of why I'm running. Um, very important to me, you know. Uh, it's it, There's definitely been parts along my life where I've been affected Maybe not personally, but you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, been affected by those things. Um, so, with running the marathon, I'm doing it with my sister Nasa, um, my cousin Ashton, and then two of our friends. You know, we really wanted to not only run the marathon, but we wanted to do it for a cause or something mm-hmm. important. Um, so that's a that's w- what we decided on. Um, so I actually run it in two days from now. Um, so I have today and tomorrow off from running, which is a nice little break. I uh, sure. fly to San Diego today and uh, on oh our gosh. little calendar it says carb load. So I'm like, <laughs> are we having pasta tonight or what? Right? <laughs> so um yeah, gearing up for that. I'm really excited. Our run starts at like five in the morning. Oh my um gosh. but I'm excited. I am a little nervous to be honest. Like yeah. the most we've ran is 20 miles so and I can get through that not pleasantly the last two miles are uh, I'm gonna die right now I'm still running Um, yeah I'm still running (laughs) so I I mean I I I know I can do it Mm -hmm. um I think it's more of like at that point it's kind of about your grit and your mental toughness
1: for sure um
0: because your body can Your body can do it. It's Mm -hmm. like, but when your legs are burning and your stomach hurts and you're, you know, you feel like you're going to throw up, are you going to keep running or are you going to walk? And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the decision I'm going to have to make in those last couple of miles. But Uh I've tried my best to run the whole thing. Um, That's my goal is to just run the whole thing. I don't care about time.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, It's more just, I would like to complete the run.
2: Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Definitely go support that organization and follow Hannah on social media. Uh, obviously she's a great follow. Um, so now the last two questions that I ask all my guests, the first is what does a life well lived mean to you?
0: I think mostly for me, it has to do with being a kind person. Um, you know, no matter what i'm doing in my life i value being kind Mm -hmm. and being generous and supporting the people around me um i think that not only is it important to me but there's a lot of things that you can do just out of being kindness to make someone's day better. Mm -hmm. You can turn someone's whole day around by just being kind. Like it's it's amazing what kindness can do. And I have like matured and grown up in such an amazing support support system of like kindness and love and, you know, valuing that community that I think it taught me this value. And that's something that I plan to carry forward throughout my life. So I think for me, no matter how successful I am, no matter you know, what I do or what I go forward with, Mm -hmm. I just, I value being kind to anyone I meet, anyone I come across and, you know, being generous to those um, individuals. And, um, you know, I just, I value, you know, others' feelings a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, that's another reason why I like psychology. (laughs) It's because I like, I value, you know, the thoughts of, you know, not just what anyone looks like, but what's going on in their head, right? Mm-hmm. And so I tried to lead my life holding value on that and placing the utmost importance on, you know, psychological health and well-being. So to advocate for that, it's like you have to be kind. Mm-hmm. You, you, ha- you have to be kind.
1: Sure. And I,
0: I it's an easy thing to do, and it makes you feel better too, right? Absolutely. Like you're going to feel way better if you're – kind of people than mm-hmm. if you're mean right so i think that's a big thing um and then just you know working hard um i have big goals i always have and so mm-hmm. for me um even if i don't achieve my goals which has been you know it's hard i didn't achieve all that i want to achieve in skating by far yeah. um but I still see that is like a part of my life that was well lived because I worked very hard
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: wasn't like I was doing it. Oh, I'm working 80% of yeah. my potential today. It was like, I'm going full force at this. So mm-hmm. I think I value that as well, like hard work and like diligence. Yeah. So I think those are my two big things.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I mean, hard work and kindness. That's it's hard not to live a, Life that's well-lived if you have those two things in the forefront for sure. Yeah so now the last question kind of more of a Legacy oriented, but how do you want to be remembered and this could be just from someone you run into this could be close friends This could be someone that sees you from afar when they think of Hannah Miller What do you want them to think about and remember you by?
0: I think that goes along with your last question. Mm-hmm. I want to be remembered Is most importantly a good human, like Mm -hmm. a good person who values all individuals, who is kind to everyone, um, who doesn't take life too seriously, um, you know, values friendship, values family, um, values community. I think that's like of utmost importance to me. Like just Mm -hmm. being remembered as someone who is like a good human. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: another thing that goes along with that is like, I value being the person that people feel like they can turn to to talk to about anything.
1: Mm, Like I
0: am so I try to be open about what I've gone through, so that people feel comfortable talking to me about things. Mm -hmm. Because I think when individuals aren't able to share what they're going through, it mm-hmm. can be even harder on them. So Definitely. I want to be remembered as like, or leave a legacy of like a, a friend and of mm-hmm. someone who is so supportive and is willing to, you know, give all that they can to help others. Um, Definitely. And then, I mean, just outside of that, like hardworking, um, hopefully successful in my career. <laughs> um, Definitely i mean like yeah. like i i think that kind of covers it i mean i hope Absolutely to have family does. someday so that'll leave somewhat of a legacy <laughs> right <laughs> um so i mean yeah just like just a like kind like good-hearted person i try my best to be so hopefully that's how others view me <laughs>
2: yeah no i love those answers definitely they do kind of play along into the same vein but definitely great answers great ways to be live your life but ladies and gentlemen this has been a fantastic conversation and thank you so much again for coming on if you haven't if you're still listening thank you so much if you're not then i guess you'll miss this but make sure you subscribe to the podcast youtube social media so you don't miss amazing conversations like this and hannah best of luck tomorrow uh, in two days as you run and Thank you again so much for coming on. Definitely appreciate you. Thank you,
0: Keaton. I really enjoyed it.
2: Absolutely. And until next time, let's make sure the best is still yet to come.